0: say the Premier League is impossible to predict, but this podcast is here to help. We're working with InfoGold to take a look at the numbers for each and every one of the Premier League fixtures this season. If you're looking to find value in the markets, data can be the key. Welcome to Premier League Insights.
1: Hello, welcome to Premier League Insights with Pinnacle.com and InfoGoal, trying to bring you the edge on all of the Premier League games that are taking place. Now, this week is a little bit of a strange one because we've got so many games this week rearranged and games in hand and just midweek matches in general that we need to just have a quick bumper edition to have a little look through and give you, the listeners, a helping hand when you're backing sides in this busy midweek period. And Jake Oscar from Infogold joins me. And before we get on to the games that are midweek, there's some good ones as well, by the way, with a lot riding on it. We're just going to have a little recap at last week, some of our success stories, and as ever, <laughs> blowing our own trumpet. Well, we had a bit, a bit of success, unsurprisingly, Jake. So. Let's start with Friday. Goals, goals, goals. That's what we thought. We, you weren't keen on backing Leicester though, Jake. And uh, that was the way it turned out. Yeah, it was a
0: very strange performance from Leicester really. And, and Newcastle, they after after doing his last week against Arsenal by not turning up, they really did turn up at the King Power and um, racked up a hell of a lot of chances over three expected goals at Leicester. So yeah, not surprised to see goal, goals in the game, as you said, playing more on the front foot on Newcastle and, and Leicester do look quite a bit, you know, very vulnerable in the last couple of weeks in particular. Um, and then, yeah, the, the the couple of really strong fancies I had last week were Leeds against Spurs to get something, plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap. I think that was above 1.9. That coasted in, Leeds were excellent. And then the other one, my big fancy was Man United to win at Villa around 1.85, just thought that price was too big. Reading a bit too much into, into the fact that United were playing Leicester and Liverpool and, and obviously United pretty much all but sealed
1: the top four place with that win at the weekend absolutely brilliant some good games some good picks as well and if you don't believe us, by the way we are all on record they're all on the stream so you can go back and check that's what we actually said which i do keep trying to tell to some of my friends actually jake i'm saying honestly have a listen because you know some good little pointers on there and it's also quite nice when i'm at work and i can say yeah well i knew that was gonna happen mainly thanks to you and the info goal model so thank you very much for that Um, The InfoGoal model that we always refer to on this podcast, but if this is your first time listening to it, is InfoGoal.net and you can see the Premier League table and all the likelihoods from the various games. And also whilst you're there, head to Pinnacle.com. You can see all the betting odds and uh, the ones that we talk about here on the podcast are correct at the time of recording and obviously subject to change when you lot start lumping on what we've said. (laughs) So without any further ado, we're going to keep it nice and tight this edition. We're just going to rattle through some of the midweek games. Um, We're going to start with today, Tuesday. We are recording it Tuesday morning. So if you are listening to this on Wednesday, sorry, you missed the boat, but we will be going through um, a couple from Wednesday as well. And also uh, the other midweek games. So let's just talk firstly about Manchester United Leicester. That can be our kind of main feature game from Tuesday. Man United, are they going to burn out? Is there any suggestion that they're going to do that, Jake? I mean, we didn't see it at the weekend against Villa, despite going behind.
0: Yeah, I don't think burnout's going to be an issue for United. They've got the squad to rotate. They've just had a week break prior to that Villa game. Um, and yeah, I think the main question really heading into this match is what lineup are they going to play? They've got Liverpool on Thursday. They've got a, a quite a congested fixture schedule. Um, and... Yeah, that, that's reflected in the price, really. I mean, you are getting around two point five nine on Pinnacle for a Man United win, which to me, even if they do put out, you know, we say second string, I mean, they're still fully fledged internationals that they're bringing in. Um, I'd still be all over them at that price, given the you know what we've seen from Leicester, and um, you know, obviously, given the state of the league table,
1: this match is much more important to Leicester than it is to Manchester United. It is, and they're stumbling, Jake, as well, aren't they? Leicester really sort of finishing the season with a bit of a whimper. Yeah. It's a, it's, bit of deja vu really because they did the same thing last season if you remember um, they let Man United
0: and Chelsea it was sneak in behind them um, yeah it's, it's looking as though it's going to be a nervy finish once again I think that a couple of results did help them at the weekend obviously Spurs lost West Ham lost um, as well as Leicester losing but they did slip to fourth um, and you know you're now looking at Liverpool as the closest contender really because if they win their game in hand um, then they're just three points behind Leicester with you know a much easier running, you'd have to say. I mean, Leicester, they play um obviously Man United this week, uh, midweek. They also then play Chelsea in the FA Cup final and Chelsea again in the league a couple of days after that and finish off against Tottenham who could be playing for um a top six place. So there's a lot of stake for Leicester in these final few matches and recent performances suggest that, um, you know, that they are exceptionally vulnerable. So again, even though there are Potential. Uh, there is potential for Man United to rotate. I do think that that price stands out as as, as being a value bet, and I won't put anyone off backing it at all. I think if, if United did ring the changes, the likes of obviously we know Maguire's not going to be playing. He he picked up an injury. That's a big blow. But even if they did, for example, leave Pogba on the bench, Fernandez on the bench, Cavani started on the bench at the weekend. Every chance that he starts this game, Rashford will probably start on the bench. You know, Dan James can step in. Who's who actually has had a decent season. Um, I'd still quite fancy United to to get something. So, um, I'd make them maybe closer to uh, maybe thirteen to ten, depending on the team lineup. So the the near two point six that you're getting, I think, is a really solid play. But if you're wanting to avoid the goal, uh, the the one x two market, I, I think there could be goals in
1: this one. Um, I you know, think that in- as well. There's, we've seen goals in both of their games, haven't we? And United, even though they went that, through that mid-season dip where they weren't scoring as much owing to a little bit of injury and and sort of a bit of rotation. And then obviously the squad then not gelling and a change of formation actually from Solskjaer around January time. But they're they're hitting the straps now, aren't they? They're scoring barrel loads of goals and they're they're all firing and they're gearing up towards that Europa League final, which is something completely different. And um, Leicester being so solid, haven't they? But unfortunately conceding a few but always good for a goal. So that looks a safe That looks a safe bet. What are your stats saying on that?
0: Yeah, so it's around, um, it's just over even money actually for over 2.5 goals, which I wow. think is a really, really strong value play. I mean, you you think about the, the fact that Leicester have just conceded a hat full of chances to Newcastle. United, as you said, are, are cooking at the moment in attack. And then you factor in the potential game state. If Man United do get an early goal, Leicester are going to have to open up and have a go and try and get the three points. Because if they lose this match, and Liverpool win their game in hand against United, then they go three points behind Leicester, um, with you know a game in hand as well. So um, yeah, it, I think the game state, defensive issues at both sides. Like I said, Maguire's out injured. That's a big loss for them. Um, I, I think I can see this being quite a high-scoring game. And, and like you said, the reverse game finished two-two at the King Power. I won't be surprised to see something similar, but um, I'm swaying towards a two-one Man United win with. Um, Leicester ultimately becoming unstuck, and and you, you have to wonder is it is it sort of mental fragility the reason that they are um, you know again struggling to get over the line when it comes to the top four. We spoke about the tough running, but if you look at the last two matches, Southampton and Newcastle, you'd expect a top four team to to do the business against those two sides, and uh, especially if you're looking at the last three matches of the season being really really tough games. Um, and yeah, they've just left themselves open and vulnerable too often. And, and you know, they, they have an
1: attacking threat undoubtedly. But I, I do think that Man United will score a couple in this. Jake, Oscar thought from InfoGoal with the insight from Manchester United against Leicester at Old Trafford tonight as we record this or Tuesday night if you just missed it. Uh, Wednesday sees Chelsea FA Cup finalists. One eye on that potentially, Jake. That's one that we're going to have to sort of include when we're factoring in uh, some of the bets. But they've got Arsenal. Arsenal effectively don't really have a great deal to play for now. Um, That could also have a bit of a hinge on it, couldn't it? God, you know, take me back to January, February time when we knew what teams each manager was going to play, for goodness sake. But Wednesday sees Chelsea at Stamford Bridge against Arsenal. Which way do you see it going? Uh, There's only one way I think that this this is going to go and that is a a Chelsea win.
0: Um, And I think that... As we've said, outside factors are affecting the price of this match. If this game was, you know, if Chelsea didn't have an FA Cup final on the the, the Saturday, I think Chelsea would probably be close to 1.5. Instead, we're getting 1.75 on Pinnacle, which I think is is a really really solid value bet. We've spoken at length about how impressive Chelsea have been. They spoke about it on Monday Night Football, Neville and Carragher about the you know the turnaround in. Or the fact the quick turnaround in, in how it. quickly he's he's improved them and made them yeah. such a you know a contender if you like and yeah ultimately he deserves a, a lot of credit for that because it's not easy to do it's a short time frame that he's done it in um, but the main thing he's done is turned what was a very leaky defence under Frank Lampard to one of the best defences in the country and doing some calculations yesterday and it literally is a case of if Chelsea were to replicate the same defensive process over the course of a full season as what they've managed so far in a Tuchel, they would go down as the best defensive team that Infogol's seen in the Premier League, wow. um, which started in 2014 with data collection. So that just sort of puts into context just how good they're being, how little they are allowing, how many few big chances they're conceding because in, the, in that same, um, under Tuchel, they've only conceded five non-penalty big chances in around 16 league games, which is sensational really. Um, and that effectively is, is giving them a perfect platform to, um, you know, to go into matches, no matter what the personnel is, because he's like, like they were saying on Monday Night Football, he's turned Zuma, Christensen and Rudiger into a really solid back three, which not many people would have thought. Um, and then obviously, the you know, the, the, the fact that they've got an FA Cup final, to me anyway, doesn't really put me off them in this match, just purely because of the squad depth that they've got. I mean, if, yeah. if you wanted to rest Werner and Havertz, then he can bring in Tammy Abraham and Christian Pulisic. You know, if you wanted to rest Mason Mount, he brings in Kovacic. You know, it, it's it's quite embarrassing, really, the the riches yeah. that they have there. per quite a need to breathe there. Reese James can come in, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So it
1: is a case of of Chelsea being just too good for Arsenal, in my opinion. In this one, they're not high scoring, though, are they? That's the thing. They aren't high scoring. So Arsenal, by some kind of miracle, do manage to kind of hold them for, you know, a large period of the game which we've seen a lot of teams do, a lot of lesser teams do with Chelsea, haven't we? Over the course of Thomas Tuchel's time in charge, if they can find some West Brom form, for example, um, going forward, when they dispatched Chelsea earlier on in the season, a few weeks ago, could we see, is is there an outside chance of an Arsenal victory? I mean, I don't see it personally, but because they're not scoring as much, that's, I mean, you've got to score to win the game. Simple as that. And that sounds really obvious. But they they they're scoring enough. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're scoring enough. The the
0: numbers since Tuchel took over have been um, phenomenal. Really, I think they've lost just two of twenty five under Tuchel in all competitions. I think they've won seventeen in that time. So they're scoring enough to win. You know, a huge chunk of matches. I just talk about those two defeats as well. One was a, a freak home loss to West Brom. The other was a, a meaningless last minute goal in a second leg against Porto. So the two the two defeats have been very, what you could say, unfortunate maybe asterisks next to them. And, and then you have to look at the, their, their performances and results against the best teams in the league. I mean, they've, or in Europe, even they've, they've beaten Real Madrid, drawn with them at Real Madrid. They have beaten Atletico Madrid twice, who are currently leading the Liga. Uh, they have beaten Manchester City twice. They've drawn with Manchester United. They beat Liverpool at Anfield, beat Spurs. Um, you know, the list goes on when it comes to playing against these better teams. And, um, since he he took over, they've only averaged around one point seven four expected goals for per game, but that still ranks as the second best in the Premier League in that time. So um, you know, they, while while they are low scoring, it's much more about control. Um and ultimately they have so much of the ball most of the time. It just it, that's the main one of the main reasons why they're so strong at the back is because they dominate possession and, and kill teams that way. Um, and then you know, you're playing against an Arsenal team here who knocked out of the Europa League last week. Um follow that up with a win over West Brom, but they were exceptionally fortunate to get the win in that game according to the expected goal model where West Brom created around 1.9 expected goals. So if West Brom can do that to Arsenal, you'd have to think that Chelsea would be able to get in it somewhere near that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see your angle with the Unders. I mean, since since uh, since Tuchel took over... 23 of 25 matches have seen under 3.5 goals. Um, 16 of the 17 victories that, that they've had under Tuchel have gone under three and a half goals as well. Wow. So if you can find a market somewhere, Chelsea to win under 3.5 goals as a, as a little double on a bet builder or something like that, that for me would be a really, really solid bet in this. I wouldn't, wouldn't put anyone off backing under 2.5 goals in this either at around 1.83. Um, yeah. In matches against the big six this season, Chelsea or under Tuchel, We've seen 0-0 with United. We've seen a, um, a 1-0 win at Liverpool, a 1-0 win at Spurs. Uh, in the FA Cup Finals, 1-0 against Man City. So there's only that 2-1 last week that actually went over 2.5 in big six meetings. And, and Arsenal have also seen quite a few low scoring games against the big six. Um, not very good record in them, to be fair. Um, <laughs> lost seven, uh, I think it's lost six of, of nine big six matches. Um, and I think six of those nine matches have seen under two and a half goals as well. So I'm expecting a low scoring game.
1: Um, But yeah, Chelsea to win at round 1.75, I think is a really, really solid bet. There you go. Nailing the colours to the mass there, Jake. Very strong on that one. Before we come on to the two big games that take place on Thursday, um, I just, well, one much bigger than the other, it's got to be said. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We'll just, I'm just going to flag actually the new Instagram page that pinnacle.betting has launched It's pinnacle.betting on Instagram. You can follow that. There's plenty of news ahead of a really big few months, isn't there, actually, of sport, including Premier League final day of the season. Um, And then we've got the Champions League final, the Euros, the latest on the eSports, Dota 2 Pinnacle Cup, which is underway right now. So follow that, pinnacle.betting. Right, Thursday, two more games to knock off. We've got Aston Villa against Everton. Everton, the team who crushed their former manager's Moisey's dreams at the London Stadium at the weekend. Well, to an extent, they were always chasing the tail a little bit heading into the game. And it's made things a little bit more difficult. Um, Everton, though, we talked about their expected goals and actually having Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin playing up top together. That'll have helped things. They actually went from a back four to a back five for that game against West Ham, which probably nullified some of that attacking threat and the high scoring free flowing football that we've seen David Moyes' West Ham play in the last few weeks. So what did Everton do differently at the weekend? Or was that Dominic Calvert-Lewin goal just a kind of a freak of nature like we saw earlier on in the season when they were flying high towards the top of the table, Jake? Have have Everton changed that? Have Everton changed their expected goals in the last few weeks? Have we seen some kind of improvement from them? And also, what can we expect from Villa? Where do you see this one going?
0: Yeah, I find this one quite a tough one to assess. Um, I'm still not impressed with um, Everton. I thought that it was just the early goal that really, um, especially away from home this season, Everton have been difficult to score against. They've been playing in that defensive style. Um, and getting an early goal praise right into the hands because it means that they can sit back and counter-attack with the likes of calvert Loon and Richarlison. So, um, yeah, I am I'm I think that the first goal is going to be crucial in this. Having said that, these two teams played not so long ago um, and Everton did manage to get an equaliser before losing at Goodison Park. And I know that a lot of people will read into the fact that away from home, Everton have been really, really, really impressive. 11 wins from 17 matches, 36 points picked up. Um 15 goals conceded but when we're looking at expected goal numbers they've been really fortunate away from home in that time basically they have conceded more and better chances regularly uh, than they are creating them so they've got a minus a negative expected goal difference which puts them um, around as ninth best away team in the Premier League so not impressed at all um, sooner or later those those kind of figures are going to catch up with them and they're going to throw in a, a really poor away result. Uh, whether it happens this weekend, uh, in this this game against Villa, I'm not too sure because Villa themselves just, they're, well, they've not been themselves ever since Jack Grealish was um, out injured. Took the lead against United uh, at the weekend, but it never looked like they were going to win the game, to be did, honest. did it? I mean, No, United, I
1: agree. Yeah.
0: United created quite a few good chances or openings in the first half and you just thought it's a matter of time, really. Um, and yeah, that that for me is a bit of a worry because defensively was where their strengths were at the start of the season, um, along with a much more potent attack. And now the defense has slowly got worse. They're conceding more chances regularly now. Um, and the attacking numbers aren't there. So, uh, I am tempted to try and get Everton on side just a little bit that, yeah, I'm struggling with this one really to find us a bet that I actually like because the two teams, the data tells me to not to trust either of the two teams. Um, but yeah, just looking at the odds now, uh, what we have got. If if I were to have a bet in this one, which um, as you can tell by my tone, I'm not really keen on <laughs> having up. a bet. Um, I, I would I would probably go Everton plus plus zero on the Asian handicap. So Everton draw no bet. I wouldn't be surprised to see this finish in a draw, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Everton maybe nick a one 0 or something along those lines. Um, I think that yeah, the the, the the importance of the game is is swayed in Everton's favour. Um, I think that the 1x2 market is priced up fairly fairly accurately, 2.8 Villa, 2.6 Everton. I think if Grealish was to be involved, you'd probably see those flip the other way around yeah, yeah. Uh, with Villa being favourite. So I, I would think, I think that, that that market is is spot on really. Um, in which case, yeah, I, I think that Everton draw no bet is probably
1: the the only thing that entices me a little bit in this one. Tough game to call. It is. And the final game that we're going to cover is the big one Thursday. Manchester United against Liverpool. That rearranged fixture, obviously, after the Glazer fan protests that we saw had to be postponed. So that means actually United have played three games in five days. been much talked about in the national media. In terms of betting, we're just going to look at the cold, raw, hard facts and numbers and stats heading into this one. And um, (sighs) there's lots of factors to kind of factor in. The numbers might be slightly skewed here, Jake, by the fact that there are changes made. Squad rotation that you talked about for the initial game for the Leicester game that we talked about at the top of the podcast. It's if you're gonna have a bet, I mean, would you would you really I know you're gonna to have to nail your colours to the mast here before we mm-hmm. see what happens start against Leicester, but if you were going to is there anything that leaps out at you regardless of what happens in this?
0: Well, I, I'm just going to start by saying I think that I think the bookies are trying to be a little bit. I don't even know what they're trying to do with, with this price because you know anyone who knows football knows that Man United Liverpool is a bigger game than Man United Leicester. Yeah. For Man United, so if you're if you're Oligon and you know how much this game means to the fans, you're going to rest your players in the Leicester match and keep them fit and ready for this Liverpool game. Mm. Um, in which case, I, I think the bookmakers have got this price completely wrong. I mean, Pinnacle have got. Liverpool at 2.17 favourites, which I think is extraordinary, really, given the season that they've had. Maybe there's some need factored
1: into that. You've also got uh, to factor in, a- though, haven't you, that if United lose tonight against Leicester, City get... The, I mean, they're going to be... are well, going to win the league anyway, though, surely. But yeah, they, they're going to win the league anyway. There's yeah. probably the blue and, ribbons being put on the trophy, though, isn't it? It's like a weird thing that football fans have.
0: Yeah, and along with finishing the top four and um, potentially win the Europa League... One other thing that would probably make it a decent season for Man United is if they knocked Liverpool out of Champions League contention, which is what mm-hmm. they could do on Thursday. Um, you know, even a draw would probably do that um, in terms of ending their chances. And um, yeah, but, you know, if if Manchester United team use comes through tonight against Leicester, and you've got no Wumbi Saka, you've got no Luke Shaw, you've got no Pogba, no Fernandes, no Greenwood, no Rashford, like no none of the big boys are playing. Man United's price for this Liverpool game will shorten drastically, I would imagine, to around maybe 2.6 favourites. Um, you're currently getting United at around 3.12. So you are taking a leap of faith in that that's what they're going to do. But for me, I think that it could be, that price of United win could be made a mockery of come kick-off time, yeah. depending on um, on lineup. So I'd, I'd be very tempted to, to have a small bet on manchester united to win the game against liverpool now yeah because of the price um and maybe for a bit of security i would probably take manchester united plus naught on the asian handicap which you can get at 2.34 which i think is staggering really because <laughs> that means a draw you get your state back united win you get um, a decent price winner um you know the, the, all the numbers suggesting that liverpool they're not quite at that heights that we've seen in the last couple of seasons they are starting to create more chances Better chances regularly, which is the area in which they really struggle with last um, over the last four months, if you like. Um, but defensively, they're not; they still don't look very assured. I mean, Southampton—they made Allison work hard at the weekend. Around one point three five expected goals is what Southampton created at Anfield. Newcastle put one point zero seven past them at Anfield two in the last away match. Leeds put two point seven seven expected goals up against Liverpool, which is a really staggering number. Yeah. Um, so. Defensively this they can be exposed. We know that United have got the attacking quality and firepower to to do damage. Um, you know, when it, when when it's all on song and they're all playing free flowing football, it's really good to watch. And that was the case against Villa at the weekend. I mean, Paul Pogba pulling the strings from deep, Fernandez was doing his usual um Fernandez things, scoring penalties, etc. Um and you know, Rashford looking lively, Greenwood came and scored a goal, Cavani's movement was sensational He's for that brilliant. final goal. So um yeah, I, I think that the, Getting Man United on side now is 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 the way I would go with this one. Uh, By you know when I think the United Leicester game's the early kickoff today, isn't it? So by five o'clock when teams are announced, you might see this price completely crash. and yeah, I, I, when it comes to this stage of the season, it can be quite difficult. You've got motivation to think about. Yeah. Obviously, Liverpool are motivated to try and get in the top four. But at the same time, United could well be as motivated to stop them getting in the top four. Because if you think back the last few seasons, it's been roles reversed. Liverpool have been the ones challenging for the title, qualifying for the Champions League. I think they would quite like for that to be the other way around um, for next season in particular. And. You never know, it might even knock them into the Europa Conference League if they beat them, which would be um, you know, even more of a, of, a, of a sweetness for United fans, I'm sure. But just to, just to tell everyone at home, I'm not a Manchester United fan. Uh, I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of a Manchester United fan and the Liverpool game would mean a lot more than the Leicester game. So that, that's my, my thinking behind it. The immeasurables are so difficult to just Absolutely, factor in, yeah. aren't they? Especially when you're working with like hard data all the time yeah. um, and you're trying to, all these different, like I said, immeasurables, intangibles, you've got to try and weigh up. Really difficult. Um, and that's why this stage of the season is just so so completely bizarre. I mean, yeah, the other, the other game on the Tuesday is Southampton v Palace. I mean, that's complete dead rubber. How do you use the data to price that yeah, up? Palace yeah. have been garbage all season uh, in attack. They might just decide to go all out and play full flow and attacking yeah. football under Hodgson for the last few
1: matches, and and you know goals might all of a sudden come. So you've just it's got a full time of season. You've just got to hope that managers and players are just still motivated just to win the game of football that's in front of them. And you know they talk about one game at a time all the way through the season. At the end of the season, it almost kind of goes out of the window. That mantra, doesn't it? But. Look, Jake, I think you've dissected all those brilliantly with so many different things to uh, factor in. And like we said, those are measurables. Well, we can't do anything about them, but we've discussed them, we've used the data and we've picked them out. And hopefully you've gained an edge if you are a pinnacle punter. Uh, Thanks for listening to this podcast. We'll be back for a full preview of Game Week 36. And uh, just remember, you can find out more about InfoGoal's model at infogoal.net. Pinnacle.com is where you can find all the odds and uh, at Pinnacle on Twitter. And the new Instagram page that I plugged as well, Pinnacle.betting on Instagram. uh, Instagram. Remember to gamble responsibly and (laughs) this has never been more relevant. Odds are subject to change from the time of recording. Thanks for
0: listening.